When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fans Preview. We've got such a great show lined up for you today. Uh, Boovy, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm gas, mate. <laughs> Flanders, all good? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks. I'm very good. Harry? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Mark, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm back and I'm top of the league, so I'm very happy on Friday. <laughs> and Grizz, have you recovered? Yeah, mate, always. Yeah, all good. Yeah, always. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. All good, but, you know, well, health uh, is yeah. wealth at the moment. Look, you've got your health That's because it. you haven't got your football team. That's it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's start. We've got to start there. We've got to start. Let's just get into it. What's going I was on? Pro- I, I thought it'd be like fireworks everywhere. We've just started with like a really sly little dig. No, I, <laughs> I wanted to... I wanted to Calm before the storm. Be as gentle as possible because I know what happened last time where it just went it just went into chaos. Flav texted me after one of those episodes the other week and he said, like, nah, sometimes chaos is good. <laughs> and that's I, I didn't even say anything to him. He just sort of texted me that after. I was like, oh, sorry, but maybe we didn't chat enough football in that one. Just yelled at each other for a bit. A uh, quick reminder, make sure you follow all the guys on social. Their social their Twitter handle is directly above their uh, their little individual screen. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and you enjoy the content. And as well as that, once you're finished here, the guys all put out wicked content on their own channels, lots of podcasts and, and lots of great stuff to follow. So make sure you go and check that out as well. Um, Grizz, come on, we're, we're coming to you first. Why am I seeing mm. so many people being like, well, that's the title gone? Um because they have so much belief that United are brilliant, I think. I, I think I'm... <laughs> One of them, to be honest with you. No, what on uh, earth? I, was, I wasn't. Wow. I wasn't. I wasn't. And it's not a Man United thing. It's not. Um, I know Scott thinks it's because of Man United. It's because of. It's because of how good Man City are. Not particularly this season, as such, but just Man City. You know, them to win. As I said, we've said it a few weeks now. We've said it. And that can string put nine, ten wins in a row, automatically chaos of this league and the and the madness of the um you know and i can't see us um putting that kind of winning run together this fortunately with what's going on it's simple as that i've Um, got to say as well purdy's made the title of the episode liverpool crash out of the title race i mean (laughs) (laughs) he's a liverpool fan (laughs) 
<laughs> I know you're this What on earth is this all about? I, I've ne- I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm being a little bit too neutral, perhaps. But Scott, I I wasn't expecting that level of fallout last night. I mean, it was a, it wasn't a great result, but it was it felt quite big. Do you know what I mean? Afterwards on on Twitter, it felt like. Really I think quite, I, I, I understand think... where Grizz is coming from, though. Like, I, I'm not going to go out and say that this is the case, but Liverpool's three years has been built on mentality and invincibility, and Jurgen Klopp's instilled this amazing belief in us. And it's just looked like for a little bit too long now that they don't have that same belief anymore. And I think that like late penalty might have been a nail in the coffin for a lot of people who've seen the same performance a few times. And you look at the squad and I'm thinking if your forwards are out of form, they could bounce back this weekend. I don't, I don't know. They could bounce back this weekend, but like Salah's not playing brilliantly. Mane's not really scoring. Firmino can't score for ages. He hasn't scored for ages. And you bring in Origi and Shakiri. Like if, if your top players are out of form, you want people to push them. That's why United are doing well this season because they have that ability to change players. If they're not playing well, somebody else can come in and take their place. That's the level that they've added. Liverpool have never had that that strength and depth. So it looked to me like there's a lot of players in there who are a little bit lost, maybe lacking a bit of belief, which Klopp has done so well to instill. Do you think that we're we're at the end, Mark, of the the mentality monsters era? Or is this just a a, a bump in the road? You know what? I think it's funny uh, just on Liverpool because I, I do feel a bit sorry for them because... They, um, they, they, they won, you know, 30 years without a title. They win a title, nobody's there. And now looks like the crowds will be back in May and they're not going to win a title again. It's, you know, it's a bit like scoring a goal at Wembley with nobody there. You can say it happened, it's a great achievement, but nobody saw it. You know, but, do you know, you know on that, Mark, on that, Mark, do you remember Jurgen Klopp said, don't worry, we'll have a party eventually? Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine United go on and win the league? There's no fans allowed in. And then by May or June, United are the ones celebrating it or City. And then Klopp's like, oh, we can't, we can't have that celebration anymore. But seriously, though, yeah. I mean, look, I think people are really enjoying this. And, and I'm sure Grizz will acknowledge it as well. We're really enjoying this, especially United fans, because Liverpool have been the benchmark. Uh, you know, the way the club's uh, been rebuilt by Klopp, the football they've played, they've been superb. And, and to be six points ahead of them for United, and we know City are playing really well as well. But I don't think Liverpool are necessarily out of the title race. And, and you know, that's why I think everybody jumped on it last night because it's like you lose your three-match, uh, three-year unbeaten run to Burnley. And, you know, they're, they're going through a bad patch. But as United fans, I remember us getting turned over in that great kit by Southampton. And I'm pretty sure, although I'm getting old these days, I'm pretty sure we lost the game after and we maybe we won the, lost the game after that. You can have this end of an era run of fixtures and it's only two losses. And it's only halfway through the season as well. So I think I think Liverpool are struggling not because of their strikers. I think they're struggling because they've got Fabinho playing at centre back, and their midfield is just looks defunct. And it's, it's been a, it's been a look. You know, this it's the same old story with us in terms of let me get the the the, the basic excuses out of the way in terms of we get one player back and then another one out. Like yesterday, Henderson's out, and you know, but Matip comes back. So it's a never-ending of um, a sort of situation where we, our team's getting rotated. Look, overall, looking at the long-term picture, sort of as opposed to just the last four or five games, it's a, it's a, it's a culmination of three years of players, same, literally the same squad, mentally, physically, emotionally drained now. Um, 
I was looking up, I'm not, I'm not a man for stats, as you guys know, but, I, but someone was telling me sort of, um, or not, this is not stats, but it's just fact that winning Premier League strike forces haven't been together for more than two seasons. Um, so the likes of Sheringham, Cole, York, and then Aguero, Sane, and who was the that third was striker? Night football, was, football, was it that? Night that's night, right. Yeah. That's right. And they made a point of it. And this is going to be the, this is the fourth season that this same front three have played near enough every single game at the highest level for us. And it's been an incredible run. I'm not going to sit here and say, um, oh, it'll all come good because it just doesn't come good just like that. It's not a click of the finger stuff. There is obviously deeper rooting issues and and, and, and and majority of it is because of fatigue and continuous of playing and not being able to rotate this. Whether that's Klopp's fault or FSG's fault, that's a different debate altogether. We tried to um, rectify that by bringing in Jota and Thiago. And lo and behold, they're out for majority of this so far as well. So we're still stuck with the same strike force that we try to refresh. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you start the season, it's it's one of those mad ones. If you ask a Man United fan and a Man City fan, how can you how can we derail Man United? If you're uh, Liverpool, and you give them a, a, a list to tick off, you'd say, oh fuck, you know, we'll get rid of Virgil Van Dijk because he's fucking he's their main man. Get rid of him. They're amazing at home. Get rid of the fans. No fans in the club uh, allowed, and then. You know, just litter them with injuries and it's the perfect storm, as I've said, and it's culminated in us having a it's, it's a, it's more than a blip. You know, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, you asked, Chris, is this a blip or is this just temporary? And I said, at the moment, it's temporary, but come back to me in about three or four weeks. And if it's continu- continuation, I'm not, I'm not one, you know, me, I'm not one of those headbands. Oh, no, no, everything's fine. And me sitting there, you know that meme that's going around where you're sipping on tea and there's fire all around you. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, fine. You know, yeah, this is fine. You know, there's obviously issues, but I don't think they're as as bad, deep as, you know, social media has to make it, it triggers it even to, into something else. You know, it is just, in my opinion, it's literally a case of getting our players back and carrying on. You know, hope the players come back um, to the standard form, hope Tiago, uh, sorry, Jota comes back and he's VVD maybe possibly before the end of the uh, end of the season, and we've got to grinding. There's nothing else we can do right now. Just quickly on that, just sorry, can I just say? Um, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say one of the things that's really obvious to me is that I've been watching Liverpool as I'm sure Scott has as a United fan, thinking how do we stop them? And I watched them play against Leicester and Wolves before Christmas, and I was like, they're quite weak. Leicester will beat them. First half an hour at Anfield, they absolutely suffocated them. Liverpool aren't doing that at the moment. They're not able to, and I think their pressing stats are down a lot as well. They can't suffocate teams. People think it's because of their attack, but it's not really the attack. It's the fullbacks high up the pitch. It's the midfield high up the pitch. They're not getting high up the pitch. And we saw that at Anfield last week. They're not suffocating the life out of you and I think Liverpool it is a problem with that with that with that with the team that, that that pressing is obviously based on a the fitness of your team obviously you know you've got to be fit enough to press constantly uh, B fan being cringing it's the same one I know that of course it is there's no fans you know our team is based on sort of pressing us so you know and 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 the injuries you know we're not being able in a position to put out constant consistent lineups and as as mark says people play that down in terms of look you've got good players at center back well 
Yeah, we have, but they're the best players in midfield. And so therefore the replacements are our third, fourth choices in midfield. Um, and as a result, it has destabilised the whole team. I've got to throw this out there. It's facts. It's facts. I've got to throw this out there. I think one of the things that I've found a little bit hard to stomach, Boovy, and I've come to you on this one, but Grizz, I have to be honest, I have found it hard watching Liverpool fans say, well, I mean, the fans not being there, it, it hits us harder than anyone else. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. There's, there's literally, silly. Like, there's, it's, it's really, really hard as a, as a football fan, just in general, that knows that like, it's clubs in like League One and League Two that are literally dying out on their knees. No, this and they're going to go out of business. And, and you're doesn't sort of in that city, way. Though, does it? Because they haven't got any fans. So good to go to the <laughs> yeah. yeah. what do you reckon? Look, are, Liverpool, are Liverpool being affected more because of the kind of like, because the, the fans are better at Anfield? I've been to Anfield numerous times before City were anything to be contending with the Premier League. And after that, obviously, even with the nil-nil when City went on to win the league by one point ahead of Liverpool, Anfield has got a great atmosphere on a Champions League night. It's got no atmosphere in the Premier League on a Saturday at 3pm. No gas. It's got a great singing at the beginning, singing at the end. It's 85 minutes of nothing. I don't think that should be affecting Thiago, who's the best midfielder in the world, arguably. You've got Origi, he's meant to be a Champions League winner, obviously scored big goals. Fabinho, Wijnaldum, two best fullbacks in the world, but one of maybe the best keeper in the world started last night against Burnley. Their midfield's got Westwood. I don't even know where, where he must have started at Burnley. Josh Brownhill came from the Championship. Dwight McNeil. How is Burnley beating Liverpool? It's just not good enough to say that fans not being in the stadium. It's a terrible, it's ter- it's a terrible, terrible excuse. We got to just just put it on. I think, I think I think you didn't even listen to the question. It was not he was, wasn't asking about last night. Yeah, we're going off on a tangent, and as you as you do, I was to your guest. Sorry, he wasn't he wasn't he didn't ask you about last night's performance and last night's team. He was he was talking about generally, which. Is, is a valid point, but yeah, no, it's not valid for last night. Of course not. It's, a, it's stupid. If anyone said that the crowd uh, not being there was a reason we lost unbeaten record or whatever, it's, it's talking, it's true. And, and I agree, it's the same for every team, so that's not an excuse. Do you think yeah. that, sorry, do you, do you think that Jurgen Klopp, I'm not saying he's a, he's become a bad manager. Do it, Harry. Do you think the fact that Jurgen Klopp has been acting like a spoiled brat all season, at every opportunity he's been having a moan about this, having a moan about that, do you think that's rubbed off on the players? Because I watch Klopp's interviews now and I cringe at every single one. Mm. Whereas I used to watch Klopp's interviews and think, I love this guy as a character. If he was Arsenal manager, I'd absolutely adore him. But that's yeah. all gone for them. Tell, tell you what, like if Ollie's a PE teacher, Klopp's running drama classes at the moment. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's fair. Like, that's fair. I, I, I agree. But what I will say in defense of that is uh, I don't know, and I've been watching football for a long time, as you guys know. Um, I don't know of a, a top world-class elite manager who hasn't um, acted like that when they're in a bad state, when they're bad form, when, when things are not going well. The top coaches do that. It's not something that's sort of just clock thing. You know, they lose their rag. They say things they regret afterwards, you know, and videos clips are made up of them and people say, oh, they've lost it. Chris, rattled, don't you, don't you think they usually, don't you think those managers usually, the, the thing that we used to say about Alex Ferguson is that he always, he'd get angry and he'd get heated, but he used to try and take the heat off the situation by blaming a referee. Mm. Or he'd blame something. Club does that. Going on outside but club does that. 
The club does that. He blames it on the referee. The decisions didn't go our way. Unbelievable, you know, the fixtures, whatever. It's it's the norm. I mean, I don't know why you guys are surprised that, you know, a, a world-class manager, when he's not, things are not going his way, you know, lose their rag. What the difference is, is, is what they do behind the scenes. What the difference is usually makes, what the difference maker is, is how they interpret that siege mentality to the team and inspire the team. And that's the, that's the criticism I'd have of Klopp. Not the rants and everything. That's normal. Come on, guys. You guys know that. It's everyone. We, we, all our coaches have had that. Right? He but did fight with the wrong guy last night, though. Is, say again? <laughs> is he to fight with the wrong guy Oh, last yeah. Night. Bloody hell. I thought, yeah, one head bite. And he's, but, but, um, but it's what he does going back on the training ground and what he does implements that sort of siege mentality and does something different. Because at the moment, the one criticism I'd have is we seem to be doing the same thing again and again and again. And that's what's bugging me, as opposed to sort of his antics in the media, which are cringe. So I guess... In fairness to Klopp, though, he, you know, I think he's been quite clever, really, because, you know, what he's been doing in the media is what Sir Alex Ferguson did. He's trying to, he's trying to influence people. And he, you know, last yep. week before the United game, he wants more penalties at Anfield, and he got it last night. It just happened to be for Burnley. All the way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that some, sometimes it backfires. <laughs> I don't, I, was it a bad point like to say about the play? Because obviously I'm not trying to wind you up too much, but is it, was it a bad point? But, also, but was it a bad point for me to, to, to sort of list the players that did start last night? I know you've got some big injuries, and, and that's not to take away from the fact that there are big injuries for Liverpool. Of course there are, but but the side that started last night, I'm looking at it again. I can't believe. Can't defend that. No, I can't defend yeah. that. No, I can't defend that. Absolutely, you're right. Like you're spot on. Distraction, isn't it? You're spot on. You're spot on about. Th- th- there's no way anyone can tell you that team wasn't good enough to beat. Burnley, even though he out of the blue started Divock Origi up front and uh, you kind of get that, played. don't you? You do kind of get why he did that. I certainly Not, get why he started Divock Origi yesterday. I get why he changed the front line, but I don't get how he changed two of them first and one of the replacements being Origi as opposed to Minamino, who actually played really well. I saw, I saw a lot well. of people very happy that Shakiri was starting. Shakiri's fine. Yeah, Shakiri's fine. Ox's position was put into question like one of the reasons he wasn't so successful at Arsenal was when he was being played out there he wanted to play centrally and then he was suddenly being shifted out to the front three but this is what happens it's not only the players mentally fatigued possibly and sort of emotionally drained when coaches when when, when, when coaches are like that they make rash decisions as well we've seen again you know coaches sometimes make decisions and you think whoa what was that about? You know, how how did you come to that conclusion that he's going to be your number one striker? So it's a culmination of things, and it's been a bad four game run, absolute horrific, horrific uh, game uh, set of games, um, and we've got potentially another set of four or five games that you know could equally go as bad. That's important, right? I think it's it is like I, I understand the reaction to a degree because I was going to say earlier on, like Spurs away next, United away in the cup, like. That United game is quite important for Liverpool to get the Suddenly, energy yeah. up a little bit. It, it, I think it actually is. But you, you look at it and you think, all right, that Spurs game, if Liverpool keep playing the way that they've been playing and Spurs defend the way that we expect them to defend, that's a potential problem for Liverpool. And then if they lose that game, they're at risk of, because the table's so close, they're at risk of running down the table. And if it's 
It's going to be close at the end of the season. It's not only the top, it's top four as well. I think that's a Absolutely. huge thing you have to that consider. Was the, that was one of the points that I struggled a little bit with last night. Jamie Jamie Carragher brought that into the conversation fairly early on, saying like, it's now about looking at top four. I, I'm, I'm still making Liverpool favourites for the title. I'm still making I think I think you know I I applaud you for for Thanks, having man. faith in in Liverpool more than a lot of the Liverpool fan base but but I get what you mean by that Ben because the madness of this season and so we're talking about Liverpool <laughs> who haven't scored in four games and if I name the teams again to you I'm going to be sick again because I've been <laughs> right Go on, do it was it Brighton no, 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 no leave it no leave it right? Newcastle no leave it all right so but what I, but what I, but the point is right because the the, the mass of the table and the season, we're having the biggest slump we've had in his tenure at Klopp, uh, at, at Liverpool. Whereas Man United are having the best time in four years, but it's only two weekends or two set of fixtures away from changing again. It's literally six points. And how often have we written off Man United or Man City we wrote off early in the season? Liverpool, we've written off Chelsea, we've written off Spurs and back suddenly Spurs be us, they're back in the mix. It's the hope that kills you. Like, you know, it's the, the nature of the season means you shouldn't write Liverpool off. And Maybe I'm not, halfway. and in a normal situation, again, I would never write this team off. But I'm kind of seeing sort of this, this, the kind of state of the squad mentally as well and, and fatigue wise. And I just don't think we'll win it. I, I, I've said it two or three weeks ago where it's, it's, it's cities to lose. But Booby, you know, do you agree with that? The question. Oh, yeah, he would now. I think the big thing I've been I've been thinking about what Grizz as he's been speaking, what he's saying, and what you said, Haynes. Like, the thing with me is City's season last season was 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 really poor. It was one of my least favourite seasons to ever watch City. It was so bland sometimes. It was generic, tippy tappy football. Everything that you label Guardiola football as being, you know, bad at when it happens like that, it, it was last season. It was poor. Um, so on that level. United are in a pole position to have this fresh squad that are going for something brand new because City didn't challenge at all last season. Obviously, we're, what, 25 points off it. But if you have to base it on the last sort of 10 results, I think it's six wins in a row in the, in the Premier League. It's something like nine goals conceded in the last 26 in all comps, I think. Um, and Aston Villa midweek was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable performance. Uh, we're scoring goals out of nowhere. Bernardo's first goal of the season. When, when players like that, who haven't scored all season, are, are picking up goals out of nowhere, Everyone will know in this in this um, in this chat that that means you're on for a good a good sign. It's, it was a Premier League winning performance against Aston Villa midweek. It was it was a fantastic. So so based on the last ten games, I do think we can win the Premier League. But obviously, I'm not I'm not too optimistic. If you look further than last year, we, where we didn't challenge at all, where we can definitely drop off, and De Bruyne's got injured as well. You worried about that? No, because I think the, I think he'll miss. I think he'll miss four games. Um, I think he'll miss Liverpool, but I think he'll miss... Well, he obviously missed Cheltenham Town, League 2 opposition, you know. It should be a good game anyway, but uh, West Brom and Sheffield United. Uh, have are, you seen Pep's update today, though? It's four to six weeks. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard four to six weeks. From my under, like from what I've seen, as, as, as well as I know about De Bruyne coming back from a hamstring injury, he's had a couple of them. I think four weeks. I, he could even be a sub for, for Liverpool, in my opinion. I might be wrong about that. We'll make our game suddenly. It's not, it's not the worst period of time. I think the issue is De Bruyne plus having no striker that's scoring goals at the moment. That's the issue. Has he got form for doing this with De Bruyne? Like with Pep yeah, saying eight. I, I thought I remember with the knee injury that he he came back like a month ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's I, a it's a I, muscle I, though. It's a muscle. You you can't you can't rush that. Oh, no, oh it's no. not hamstring. It's not a 
Hamstring, no? It's hamstring, I think. Yeah, it's, it's hamstring. hamstring this time. Oh, um, sorry. Obviously, had a, a, an ankle knock anyway. I was I was a little bit surprised he was playing against Villa because I thought we were on such good form. We could have maybe brought him on if we needed to, but that that's you know by the by. But I, I think the big issue is Bernardo. Can Bernardo and Phil Foden essentially create 10, 15 goals in the, in the next ten games? Basically, that's the question. If they can, we'll win the Premier League. Wow, that that, that you're that confident. I just yeah, want to I, get it out there that I I always said that Manchester City were going to win the Premier League. <laughs> Did you say yeah. it in the first show of the season, Harry? Yeah. Did you say yeah, in the in the prediction show? Yeah. No, I you changed your mind when no, uh, I didn't. at one stage. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't remember that. Well, I remember anyway. saying go on, Harry. Can we, yeah, should we just, Liverpool. <laughs> should we just quickly touch on while we're on uh, Man City? Do you think you'll you'll completely change up the whole team and just whack out the the youngsters in the FA Cup? Uh, the issue is, look, we're very lucky, obviously. We have a massive squad. So the likes of Mares, um, Laporte could play, Mendy could all feature because they're just not getting enough game time. So ironically, we might end up playing a full-strength Jeez, society. In You're like weak inside. It's going to be Laporte at centre-back. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, I mean, he'll be, he'll be partnered with Taylor Harbour, but no doubt. Uh, Zach Stefan in goal. So there's definitely a mixture there. But um, I, think, I think the big thing is Jesus. I think Jesus has to play against Cheltenham Town. I know it's Cheltenham Town. But as we've seen with the lower sides, like Spurs, for example, where I thought it was a good opportunity for Gareth Bale to maybe pick up some form. Obviously, he didn't really feature in the, he didn't feature in the game at all. Jesus, for me, has to play against Cheltenham Town, score two, three goals, bully the def- defenders and get into some form for West Brom. Because if, if Jesus can pick up 10 goals out of nowhere in all comps, then I think we will challenge again. It's between Jesus. Jesus needs to pick up because I don't think Aguero is going to feature for three, four weeks as well, to be honest. That feels um, like the one mark against City, doesn't it? Still feels like the one little thing they've got dangling over them. That if the goals dry up a little bit, you haven't really got someone while Aguero's out that you just go banker definitely. Not 89th minute, he'll be the one who scores. We're very similar to Liverpool. I think we, I think Liverpool play great football still, even if they aren't converting. I think we play great football and we don't convert sometimes. Obviously, we have recently. So as soon as we don't convert, we look like Liverpool. And we drop off 18, 20 points or whatever it is for Liverpool. So you need someone to finish the, off those chances, no question. Let's um let's just touch on the United Liverpool game at the weekend. Then Scott, you mentioned earlier on that you think that it's suddenly a a, a much bigger game for Liverpool than probably it would have been before. Not necessarily. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. But just I, I mean, for United, does that change the narrative for them? Is it now less or more important to you? I don't, I don't think it changes the plans in the sense of what team Solskjaer would pick. To be honest, I think I think. He'll want to win a cup because winning a cup is as big for the belief. This United team, I think, is about building belief to me. Like, we can see it with each win that goes by. I think the Arsenal game is really big in a few weeks' time as well in terms of that big six record, you know? They haven't actually beaten a big six rival yet this year. I think it will go a long way. I think a win over Liverpool will act in the same sense of, you know, whatever team Liverpool puts out. I think Liverpool's team might be stronger than Klopp was initially planning after that game. Um, but I think a win over Liverpool will be big for United in terms of belief. Because I think as a team, they haven't been in this position before, um, well, for years. Um, a lot of the players haven't really challenged for a title with with United. Well, they haven't. <clears throat> and each win that they can get um, is going to be more important for the belief that they build into, into the last stages of the season, or the second half of the season. City already have that. Liverpool would have had that if they hadn't have had this drop-off. I think it's... It's a big one for United, but I mean, I would love to see them win the FA Cup, but I think they will be really fancy in their chances quietly, 
quietly. I think they'll be concentrating on. I think we can we can make an impact here because nobody expects them to go and win the league. I, I don't expect them to. They're top of the league. I, I don't expect them to do that. But we'll see. Just keep take each game as it comes and try and win each game. What about you, Mark? Well, just just on that one there, it's interesting because in this week alone, my stance on the league has changed ridiculously because I was watching that Man City game and that goal that they scored that nobody, it clearly was onside, but everyone's like, it's got to be offside. And then I'm sat there going, bloody City. And they've been the hope. City's been the hope because if we don't, if we don't win it and Liverpool win it, I would rather City win it. But now I'm like, bloody City. So I'm like, actually, I'm actually starting to really believe that we're going to win the league because it's really going to hurt. If Quiet, City Mark. Liverpool. Quiet. I know. I know, but I know. No, but I do agree with you, Scott. I, I think that we are we are not the favourites and we've got so many mm. difficult games. But in relation to the FA Cup, I think that um, I said it a couple of weeks ago, the Liverpool League game and the Arsenal game in a week and the Sheffield United and the Fulham games, I don't mind if we win all, you know, if we don't get beaten those and take, say, 10 points, because obviously we drew with Liverpool, I don't mind getting knocked out of the cup. Now, you'll have United purists going, you're playing Liverpool. I totally accept on Sunday afternoon, it's a bubble. You're playing Liverpool. They'll put a strong team out. I'm really looking forward to it. But it's not the semi-final. And if we lo- if we did beat Liverpool, we'll probably lose the semi-final in March or April anyway, because that's what we do. So, I just see it as a bubble game. I'd like to see Van der Beek start. I'd like to see some of the peripheral players start. Let Liverpool put a strong team out. If they beat us with their strong team and we've got three or four players who are not first-teamers, you know, they beat us. They beat us. But um... that, Mark, it's so interesting that you you said So, like, if if we were to take the, the game the other day, right, and say that on the kind of, like, impact scale on your season, it, it feels like a 10. What What is this in comparison? I mean, I, I think the Europa League starts next month, Champions League for everybody else. I would put that, I did it as a percentage of the day. So, you know, for me, 75% of our season is based on the league now. 20% is probably Europa League and 5% is the FA Cup. And, and everyone will be different. But, you know, at the start of the season, if, if you'd said to me, we'll get fourth, I would have gone, you know, that's quite good when you look at what Spurs have done and Chelsea have done. We're now in a title race. So we've just got to, we've got to focus on the league because it can change really quickly. We, you know, a few bad results, we might be outside the top four. I mean, even even Arsenal might be getting excited. So we've got to, the, the FA Cup is a nice, but the, you know what? Chris, let's, let's, let's put it this too way. Many games, for, too many games. But for me, I, I don't want to see Bruno play on Sunday. For me, personally. Wow. He will, he, uh-huh. But he will, he will, he definitely will. Yeah, I, so, I, I prefer I prefer somebody else in there because like if we do out of the cup, then you know I, I, I'll get over that. I but genuinely I, think I genuinely think it, <clears throat> both teams will rotate. I genuinely think Man United's suddenly Man United's ambitions have to would have changed. Kevin De Bruyne out for four to six weeks. Liverpool in the state they are. Vard, all right. If you can, Jamie Vardy's out as well for a while. Right. So suddenly, you know, Chelsea, you know, not looking good at all. If Man United didn't have aspirations, I think over the last couple of weeks, they would have absolutely believe, have belief now that they can do it this season. I would if I was a Man United fan. You know, it's, 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 it almost feels like things are falling into place. But not only that, you're in good form. You know, that, you know, you have... Forget everything else. You're in good form yourself. So not only are things falling out of place for other teams, you're in good. You're in a good state. I think you're not gonna. I know it's Liverpool. Just exactly what Mark said. The fan bases will want absolutely team two strong teams going at it. But I think I think Ole is going to have other thoughts in his mind. Suddenly, uh, 
Uh, I think interesting, it, it, Scott. Just uh, uh, sorry, Ben. Um, on, no, just no, very, no. very quickly. Solskjaer's press conference, which came out this afternoon, he's changed. Like he 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 always talks about the cup and the importance of the cup, but in this press conference, he said, you know, you can have an easy draw to the final and win a cup, but yep. I never get easy draws. And then he said. It's the league form that dictates what you are, really. Well, he's never yeah. said that before. He's never spoken yeah. about the league in that way before. And he's right. Yep. And, and that encourages me because I think Briz is right as well. I think oh, Solskjaer knows now that this league, yeah, it's yeah, open. we're not favourites, but it's the priority. It's got to be. Some, it, feels like, is it, it feels like at the moment there's a wide open door for anyone who can put the, the run together for long yep. enough. If uh, well, I will say this, if United can like, I know they got their Arsenal game, but I, I can't remember their exact fixtures. But I've looked at the fixture list up until they got Chelsea and City away back to back, and I think that's around the end of February, so that's another month or so. If they can continue winning and win at Arsenal for another yeah, month, Scott, the this situation is the worst completely... season. This is the worst season at the fixture list. It really is. It means fuck all. You know, but, it's just been shown. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. not say Burn, Burnley at home is no longer a banker for any team. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Harry, <laughs> Harry, you've been so patient. You've been so patient. And I feel like we've got to give you some time to shine because Arsenal have been doing, they're in a far better place than where they were. Are you Are you a changed man? Do you feel yeah. like, do you feel like you've been like for a spa weekend coming away lighter than air? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I didn't catch the show last week, but I, I got a few tweets from people saying that <laughs> there was some serious Arsenal slander going on. You know, so not from me. We need to sort that out. We need <laughs> to sort that out. <laughs> what was it last week? Um, I can't even remember what it was. Ozil. Was it Ozil? Oh, like, yeah. I didn't, like I said, I didn't catch it, but I heard about it. That, um, that was Booby saying he's the worst signing in Premier League history, probably. You've <laughs> 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 just drawn with Palace as well, haven't you? just drawn 0-0 at home on the third uh, Yeah, probably. Probably after that, then. Um, no, look, Arsenal have. Uh, I don't want to say turned the corner because I feel like that still feels a little bit premature. But um, if you'd have told us when we were on that dreadful run that we'd have taken 13 points from the next 15 available, we'd have all bitten your arm off. We progressed in the FA Cup as well. Um, of course, we've got the chance tomorrow to, to continue our defence of that competition. But I think the, the biggest kind of positive over the last few weeks has been the fact that we've been able to shift some of that dead wood out of the club. Uh, it's been massive. It's been a, a real financial strain on us. Um, I've said it on here before. I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Arsenal have been operating on a Champions League budget with a Europa League income. That's how it's been ever since we dropped out of the Champions League because there's been this kind of expectancy that we would get straight back in it. And it's it's drained us. It's drained all the resource. Uh, Harry, do you reckon we, we like the, the fact that he's moving on these players? Do you reckon that's buying him freedom or do you, do you think that's going to come back to bite him in the arse do you think that it can be leveraged against him like in six weeks or whatever if they have a blip do you reckon the same stuff will just keep coming up around Ozil and the players that have, that have been shown the door possibly with the Ozil one uh, because obviously Ozil is, is such a divisive figure amongst the Arsenal fan base there are those who absolutely adore him and there are those who think that he's he's like uh, he needed to be cut out of the club as soon as possible I think the emergence of Emil Smith-Rowe has obviously taken a massive bit of pressure off of Mikel Arteta with regards to that. But let's not forget that Mikel Arteta, and who I want to succeed, by the way, was forced into doing that because Arsenal weren't creating chances for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. It wasn't his go-to plan. Uh, he didn't want to play with a number 10. He's kind of been forced into that. It's worked and he's stuck with it. 
Um, look, he's learning on the job as well. I think we've all got to acknowledge that. He's still a young manager, still very new. There will be mistakes. But the only thing I would say with kind of moving those players out, you know, we've left ourselves a little bit short at left back now. I know Kalasinac, not everybody's his biggest fan, but he could come in and do you a job from time to time at left back and still offer those attacking runs forward, uh, which obviously we were missing in that Crystal Palace game. With Socrates, I don't think anyone's overly fast. Good guy, good character, but just at the end of the day, wasn't good enough. But Arsenal fans, you know, we've we've got Ozil's wages. All three of those were on pretty good wages. But let's not think now that Arsenal are going to go and spend all that money on wages on new players. Because as I said, we're operating way above what we were earning for so long now. This is going to balance it out. It's not room for Arsenal to go and now spend hundreds of thousands of pounds a week on somebody else. It's not going to happen. Yeah, Odegaard looks interesting. And um, we put a piece on 90 Min uh, yesterday where we were saying about, or I was saying how it's the perfect fit because of the circumstances around the move. You've got the young Emil Smith-Rowe who's burst onto the scene, shown lots and lots of promise. Um, but there are concerns over his fitness record and there are concerns given his age and lack of experience, whether he can deliver week in, week out for the rest of the season. But equally, bringing in someone like Odegaard, who's got a point to prove, so will we'll be motivated. He wants to prove himself uh, kind of worth the hype that's followed him throughout his career. But the fact that there is no scope for that deal to become a permanent one, I think, works in Arsenal's favour because it means that Emil Smith-Rowe's long-term development is not blocked. You know, he's going to be in and out of the side. They'll probably be rotating it. Um, but he he still has that kind of feeling of, I'm the main guy here. I'm going to be the number 10 next season. And I, I think it just works really well. Minimal risk. Uh, obviously, there's no financial outlay, but his wages. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. When um, uh, Just a quick reminder for everyone. When we get to, I don't know, what, let's say like 500 likes, we'll, we'll go on to Q&A and we'll just start pinging questions to the guys. Just a quick reminder to, to uh, subscribe if you haven't already to the channel and make sure you're following everyone on social as well. Um, Harry, I just want to touch quickly on, on your uh, next few games. You've got a bit of a run of it, haven't you? I've worked it out today. If Arsenal progress uh, through the FA Cup tomorrow, then they could potentially have 10 fixtures between now and the end of February, which is absolutely nuts. Um, And and of course, in that run, there are trips to Wolves, trips to Villa. There's the visit of Man United. There's Manchester City and there's a two-legged affair with Benfica. So there is loads of seriously big games in there. Aston Villa in there as well. Aston Villa. Villa. Yeah, Villa and Wolves, a, a couple of our away trips. The issue here is that it's good that we picked up the points in that period that we've just had. Um, and obviously, you'd rather go into that run with that added confidence. But how Mikel manages the squad now is going to be really, really, um, really, really key. And going into the game tomorrow, I know there'll be a lot of Arsenal fans that will say, I don't want to see William play. I don't want to see Pepe play. But at some point, they have to play. You know, at some point, we have to pick our priorities. And for me... As much as I love the FA Cup, it's our competition. You know, we've won it a record 14 times with the holders. I think that tomorrow might be the day for Mikel to give some of those players an opportunity and give some of the others a breather. Wow. I, I, I would have thought that for Arsenal, it's like crucial to have that that momentum and that chat still around the competition. I actually thought that was one of the, the, the really helpful things that he had when he was on a crap run to get through in the FA Cup. It was suddenly just a little bit of a narrative switch. Just suddenly got people flipping the other way. Oh, it's still our competition. We've still got this sort of thing. I would agree with that if 
you know, we've been unfortunate as well because we've landed Southampton in the draw. We've got Wolves if we get through away as well. You know, had we been drawn against a League One, League Two side tomorrow, you could have played those players and it wouldn't have been a real problem. I think most Arsenal fans are sensible enough to realise that European qualification um, is the key. And, you know, yes, you could argue the FA Cup gives you Europa League qualification, but I think we've got to be aiming higher than that. I think we've got to be looking at prioritising the Premier League and the Europa League for the rewards that come at the end of those, because that will be more, um, it'll be closer to what we're, we're looking for. Right. 75 likes to go. If you hit those next 75 likes in the next couple of minutes, we'll we'll crack on and go straight into Q&A and I'll let you guys ask whatever you want to the guys. I just want to touch on, before we do that, Frank Lampard today. Now, like, I find this really, really interesting. And Flanders, I won't, I won't put, give you a too much of a curveball to come out here. He's, that's quite a punchy response to a question. In case you didn't, you haven't seen this, Lampard's sort of been asked a question um, by a, a journalist from the Athletic, and he went back to him saying, "I've read your articles, and I'm glad my players don't read them. Something along their their confidence would be through the floor, or something to that effect." And he likened the journalist to a social media pundit and said, "You're doing it to get a reaction." Or doing it to get a headline. Is that just an example of a of a manager looking out for his players, or is that someone who feels like they're under their under the cosh? I don't know this for sure, um, but I have seen a lot of people saying it that he said like a week ago that he doesn't read anything else uh, from the media. So it's a bit of a he's gone back on himself a little bit. There. It it was in bad taste for me. Like you know, like the media are entitled to write. <laughs> what they think is fair in terms of criticism, whether it's praise or whatever. Um, I, I didn't like it. I don't know whether there any, there's anybody here who's, who's thinking, yeah, fair play, stick up for your players and that kind of thing. But he's been deflecting blame a lot um, away from himself. I think he's, he's looking at his players and he's kind of hanging them out to dry in some of his press conferences after matches. And I, I'm a bit like... Student of Jose. It's on you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's true. But it's, it's, on, it's on him. To because there's a lot of flaws in this Chelsea team that are on him to me. There's a there's lucky more than enough talent in there. Yeah, me too. I think he's very lucky to be in a job. I think Chelsea surprised me, and in a way, I admire what Chelsea have done because they don't normally do that. But watching Chelsea this season, Scott's right. This is totally. It's not the media. I mean, what's the social media pundit? Is that not what we are? So it's very derogatory and arrogant for a manager that actually is probably in a job because of those fans' loyalty. And I think that you know, looking at Chelsea this season. He's, he's effectively been spoiled more than any other manager in probably history. You know, he's got way too many players and one player plays, you know, you know, Ziyech played OK against Fulham. You're not playing the next game. And he wonders why there's no fluidity or chemistry. I don't, I'm like, with Arteta, Ali and Lampard, I think they should all stay in a job till May. But I think Lampard is a, is a coach that, um, you know, he, he needs to, 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 to look within because it's definitely him who's the issue. Um, I want him to do well. I like Lampard. But, you know, you can't start throwing your toys out when you're underperforming like that. I've sort of just find the whole thing. I don't know about you, Booga. I just find the whole thing quite. Uh, I, I actually think when you're in a position like that, and I mean, we, we all of us six know this on to a, a, a like divide it by ten, or divide it by hundred, and like we can all tell you the same thing. Once you're in that position where people start commenting on p- things that you're doing, if you start to read it and internalize it, it's quite a dangerous circle, isn't it? 
it is. I think I think the, the thing with Lampard is you've got to stay clear of all of that because you've done nothing in the game as a manager. It's that as simple as that. He's done nothing in the game as, as a manager. Klopp yesterday acted pretty poorly, I think. It looks a bit embarrassing. He's got a Champions League medal at home. He's got a Premier League medal. He's got you know titles in Germany. Same with Guardiola. Guardiola came to, to to City and he struggled in his first season. And he, everyone remembers those sort of those really pissy interviews he had where he was not speaking and, and slamming reporters. He's one of the best coaches in the history of football. So, so for me, Lampard is is throwing his toys out the pram when he's got no no remit to do so. He needs to he needs to be. He, look, as a man to man, I'm looking at him. Obviously, he's one of the best footballers of all time from England, arguably. But he looks arrogant. He looks, he looks way too arrogant for the role that he's doing as a manager. He's a manager now. He's not a footballer. And he just looks he looks a little bit out of his depth. And, and I completely agree with Scott. He is in bad taste, in my opinion. So we've uh, we've hit the point. It's time to get some questions in. Just a quick reminder. I do just want to chuck this out there uh, as well. 90 Minute Podcast Network. We've got some wicked podcasts going out at the moment. That's just reminded me um, that the Chelsea podcast last night that went out a couple of nights ago was really really interesting i'd recommend people give it a listen because I'm, I'm one of those sort of sad people that's quite happy to listen to stuff on other teams try and get a bit of an inside understanding of what's going on there but both charlie skillen and, and olivia bizagra who, who hosts that that pod both massively backed him massively backed lampard and and as far as they're concerned they want to see this out for as long as it plays out and they want him to be the man who's in charge they want no one more to kind of lead their their club and i really hope on some level that that is what happens that they back him and they try and break the cycle that chelsea are on i think we all just have seen this one play out one too many times before to to think that's a realistic option if if the form continues as it is right so purdy hit me with some questions let's go first with um lamp did lampard cause this on himself um in terms of the players that he got and the top four that he showed the disregard that he showed the top four um these problems, do you know what? I'm Javian, I'm struggling a little bit with the queue, but basically, he's saying these are problems that Man United have had for, for a long, long time. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case for Harry. Thoughts on the signing of Matt Ryan? Do you think he'll be between the sticks tomorrow against Southampton? That was from Lalana's in pajamas. Well, interestingly, he good has name. been he has been registered, he has been registered to play in that game, which suggested deal was actually done yesterday. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if he starts. I expect him to be involved. Not sure if he'll come into the team straight away. In terms of the signing, it's a stopgap. He's experienced. It makes sense. Doesn't cost a thing. And if he does, if he does well enough, then he'll be available on a free transfer in the is summer. Is it free or a loan? It's a loan, is it? It's a loan for the rest of the season, but his Brighton contract ends at the end of this season. So we could snap him up if we like him. Tell you what, a quality question here. Nathan says, question for Boovy. Who is better for City? Georgia Samaras or Sanji High? Uh, Sanji, I'll go with a Greek Lawrence. Sanji, I was a uh, uh, a big a big fan favourite, but Georgia Samaras was awful, man. And he, used wear, uh, <laughs> uh, like, he used to wear these long sleeves as well, and he's a lanky guy with long hair. It was, it was a really weird look, but no, Sanji, hi. I think he's the only Chinese player to ever play in the Premier League as well. Um, Did really Samaras cool. go to Fulham? Celtic. Celtic. He went Celtic. Yeah. But he had great. Yeah, he did. He did play. For, he, he, he was like, so he, do you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of that guy from Kasabian. Yes, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Really, really nice straightened hair as well, may I add. Yeah, lot, some, a, lot of, oh, yeah, Greek, a lot of caring yeah. into that. Scored some big goals for Greece. Rambrasad said, Mark, why do you hate Burnley? I don't hate Burnley anymore. Come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
all but is forgiven. <laughs> it's all because I, I play my FIFA stream, right? And if anyone's interested in FIFA, it's really weird. Like, I can beat Man City, Liverpool and everybody. And I play Burnley. I, I played them the other day. They beat me 6-1 at Old Trafford. <laughs> like, I'm just, this, this, this I weird think that's Burnley more embarrassing thing. than our result, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, I just, just Burnley on FIFA. I think I'm in a mental block, Riz, to be honest with you. But last night, I bloody love Burnley now. So, you know, it's over. So, Klopp's, Klopp can have it now. Do you, do you play pro clubs, Mark? Have you done any I, of that? I, I do play it, but I haven't played it this year, but I do like it. Yeah, Flanders and I have been, oh. we've been banging to that over the last few weeks. It's, it's good that, when you get into it. Oh it my really God. It's a time drain as well. Suddenly you look around <laughs> and you're like, Jesus, 10 p.m. I haven't eaten dinner. Mrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. is in the strop with me, etc. Um, position Predictions for Chelsea v. Wolves from Kazim. Uh, who wants to take that one? Booby, you can take that one. Chelsea v. Wolves. What, in the Premier League next week? Are Chelsea playing Chelsea yeah, playing against yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it'd have yeah. to be, be in the league. To be fair, both be sides on the 27th. Oh, well, so that's midweek next week, yeah. Yeah, obviously I can't predict that far into the future, but um <laughs> <laughs> No, the Wolves are Wolves are looking poor, aren't they? I think they've had some pretty poor results and, and... Wolves have been like really poor yeah. and really struggling in front of goal as well. So like striker though. They got a better manager. Are they actually them? William, they William Jose, I think he was linked with Spurs. No, he was linked with Spurs in the summer. They, they, yeah, brought, back, uh, they brought back Cotrone, didn't they? And he missed a bit. Yeah, but he hasn't been so. playing. They've barely given him any game time. I think he only got 15 minutes the other day as well. Yeah, so yeah, he's just not getting enough game time. Um, what's the name of the Chelsea podcast? The Chelsea podcast is called Wherever You May Be. Also check out Harry's as well. Harry's got a wicked pod at the moment called Chronicles of Aguna. Um, why do top teams keep persisting with crossing the ball? Grizz. This is a great question for you to answer. Why do the top teams keep when teams are sitting deep in a low block? Why is it that all of the teams in the in the big six have seem intent on smashing balls into the box? I think, I think the prophecy of of Big Sam Allardyce, where he said <laughs> most goals are scored from crosses, is coming true. I mean, people it's have taken that literally. Yeah, it's it's mad. I, I couldn't explain um, the first half with Liverpool anyway. About the second half, we started doing what Man City do a lot. You know, when when sort of their fullbacks get and, uh, and they cross it low. We started doing that, which we should have done in the first half, but yeah. Oh, this is a good question. Um, Mark, what's your favourite of a game that you've seen at Old Trafford? And Flanders, you can answer that as well. Uh, my favourite of a game would be my first one. I think, you know, for, for most people, I went in because uh, obviously I'm a Nat- Nottingham lad and it was around my birthday, so I got to go. I 89. really thought you were about to say, obviously, I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. I was like, not again. <laughs> not again. That would have been a good exclusive for United, <laughs> wouldn't it? Get your few views. Um, but no, it was um, it was my birthday and um, my dad took me up to Old Trafford for the first time in 89 to watch the FA Cup final. Um, unfortunately, they lost, but it was an amazing experience um, uh, going to Old Trafford. And then Forest won. And then the semi-final was actually at Hillsborough, unfortunately. So, you know, it's a shame, obviously, from... Um, yeah, but the first game was a, was a loss. But, uh, yeah, that's the best one. It's, it's, it's unbelievable when you go, especially in the late 80s. I mean, most of you are probably not old enough, but uh, it's uh, football was very different. I remember going to, to Highbury as well the year before and um, having a cup of tea chucked on me at about seven years of age. <laughs> it's just, it was just what football was like then. Why? Just, just Why hooligans. They were just... It was just, it was just, it was just nothing. It was just Arsenal fans chucking, uh, chucking tea down from the upper tier onto the away fans. I do remember, I do remember that sort of thing going on. Flanders, what was, what was your favourite moment at Old Trafford that you've been there? I've never actually got a, 
Yeah, I, I'm not actually, never actually got up there much as a kid, which was a which was a shame, you know, glory hunter and all that. Um, but <laughs> I tell you what, you can dig through the, the archives on this channel, and there's some been some absolute crackers that I, I've been to. I think a lot of them have, have come in away matches, though. Yeah, um, you were city you know, away. The city away one with me and Boovy was uh, the one was I remember. Sensational. Is Swansea. Do you remember? Did you go to United Swansea? Yeah. Yeah. Which must have been like a bit of an interesting one for you being a proud. It was nice. I think they won four nil that day. But yeah. um, the the mine and Boovies, uh City can win the league day um, when Pogba scored two second half goals and we came came back from. They already uh, had the t shirts printed. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> incredible, incredible. Uh, Boovy, could you tell us please sign of the season so far? Sign of the season so far. Um, I do you know what my first thought was? Uh, Martinez for uh, Aston Villa. What a fantastic keeper. Mm, yeah. And arguably a couple of Villa players have, have been fantastic. Matt, Matt Pain, actually strikes out. Haynes is going to bite your head off now if you don't say Honestly, I do enough talking about that guy as it is. I don't mind giving someone else a bit oh, of their it's time. It's clear. It's clear for me. Diaz of Man City. Yeah, I was absolutely. amazed that yeah. you didn't say that. I, I think it's, away. I think I look at Villa because Martinez was very cheap, wasn't it? If I'm right, Harry. And then I think Matty Cash, obviously... From, from Forest as well was very very cheap and one of the best players in the championship last season. Watkins Obviously, as well, man. Yeah, you spend good summer. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. If, you, no if you if you spend fifty five million quid on a player, you expect them to be good, don't you? As simple as that. You do expect. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Chris, you could spend eighty million pounds on a centre back and they're not that good. So you Did never know. He's won one league cup in four years at Man United. Uh, question for Andy: What do you think is Tottenham's best back for at the moment? I think probably Aurier, Regulon, Alderweireld. Hard God, and Eric Dyer. Big Joe, come on, Big Joe. I, look, mate, I loved watching Joe Roden the other week, but we played with a five. I think that probably just helps him out a little bit, just gives him a little bit more protection. Um, question for Harry. How will we fit Smith, Rowan, and Odegaard in the same team? There's plenty of games. Yeah, there's plenty of games for them both to play. Uh, There's the Europa League. There's the FA Cup, if we're still in that as well. The Premier League. There's just way too many games right now that you just rotate the pair, I I would say. Okay, right. Last couple. Is Manchester red or blue right now? I mean, I'm not going to even go into that. We'll be here for an hour. Um, for Grizz, which is best amongst Arteta, Lampard or Oli? I think my feelings are very clear on this. Arteta is a top coach, in my opinion. Ole is still a PE teacher, but he's sort of gone up a bit now. He's gone to uni. <laughs> he teaches at uni now. And... Um, <laughs> and uni! And, <laughs> what uni is you going to? And, and Lampard, Lampard is way out of his depth, so Arteta is clear for me. Is policy right at university? You were. <laughs> what did you say? What did he say? Did you study PE at university? In, in my day, we did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. Last yeah, one. Name yeah. name one transfer. Can anyone try and think of one? Name one transfer, excluding Messi, Ronaldo, that could add winning consistency to your team, which is really needed to win this league. So I suppose it's for your own team. So like, what what would you most prioritise for your for your team? So I know for Spurs is 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 the centre back. Like we are desperate for an elite, world class centre back, given the way that we're playing, um, and and given the way that we've sort of decided to sit deep in games. And 
if we could get like it, it, there's no way it'll ever happen but ramos is making noises and i would love to see someone like that like in our in our back four um so that's it for me does anyone have one they want to chuck out into the ether i'd, I'd have kevin de bruyne from uh from manchester city He's injured, mate. He's injured. What about for United, boys? What, if you're looking to say, like, right, we need one signing and it's going to shore up the chance of winning the go league. Go on, Mark, you go. Yeah, I, I, I've said it for two years. And, and the thing is, I don't think we're looking for one. Um, obviously, centre-back and right wing is obvious. But I would go CDM. I would drop a Fabinho or... But just, just especially CDM that would free Pogba and Bruno. At the moment, we have to play McFred, which are the same player doing, you know, it's two players doing one person's job. You stick a CDM in that United side. We do need a centre-back and we do need a right-winger, but it would free up the, the Pogba. You could play Banda Bakemore in the double pivot, but we haven't got somebody who can hold it. Matic used to do it. He can't do it anymore. So, yeah, that was me. I completely Please? agree with that. What about Sancho, lads? You didn't get him, did you? <laughs> We need that sort of a player, but I think, you know, anybody who watches United, as, as me and Scott obviously do, we know that, that that CDM role is very important, but but United aren't looking at it, which is weird. Wiz, come on. What is it for you? To get you back um, into the see, title race? It's surprisingly not a sack after all the hoo-ha about centre-back. I think defensively doing very well. I'd take a, a Haaland, um, you know, and and I think he would be absolutely ideal, or Bappe, obviously. But but I think I think a, a number nine that scores goals in, in this team would be absolutely. Liverpool need that Champions League money this, this summer to sign Mbappe, don't they? I think <laughs> you've got to make sure yeah. they get into the top four. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if Liverpool have to go through qualification for the Champions League. Wouldn't that be bizarre? Um, Boovy, did you give your one? No, I'd, I'd agree with Grizz, probably Haaland. Um, and I think out of all the clubs interested in him, he'd, he'd want to join City out of any club in the world. Quality. Look, it's been great fun today, lads. Thanks for Play sticking around so long. in front of that so brilliant crowd, you know, when, uh, when they're back there. Best manager in the world. Supports Leeds, doesn't he? I thought, he's, I thought he was a Leeds uh, fan. He used to play for uh, Man City. Yeah, he played for Leeds as well. <laughs> right, I'm calling this. I'm calling <laughs> we're, we're cutting there. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming back on, mate. It's been great Cheers. fun having you. Wicked laugh. Cheers, Grizz. Cheers, Flaunders. Harry, Boovy. Um, check out the social channels. Subscribe on the way out. Hit the like on the way out. And uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you all for the Gas Tank on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.